0: Good morning, Trinity Church. It uh, I'm Mark Hill. It is a privilege to share with you this morning, uh, this time, this this message. Seems like 2021 has kind of picked up right where 2020 left off. We are still in lockdown. Uh, I was just reflecting that it has been 11 months since I have been uh, in church with most of you I was gone those last few weeks of February before uh, lockdown started last March. And so uh, it's been a really long time since I feel like we've been in the same building together. And in that time, of course, uh, we have uh, experienced all sorts of craziness that just kind of continues not only all over the world, but but even right here. I, w- I was just back in the States, which, of course, you know is kind of known for its rioting and uh, all sorts of other issues right now. And then I get the news that there's rioting back in Eindhoven as well. And then, of course, uh, schools, primary school is about to reopen, and then we, we get a snowstorm. So uh, it, it's like it just kind of continues. 2021 is just picking up where where 2020 left off. And, and honestly, some of that chaos, some of that craziness uh, plays well into the message for this morning. Uh, as has been the practice, uh, I've been starting with uh, the bottom line up front, uh, a bluff, just a, 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 a focus of where we're heading in our time together this morning, and uh, it, this one is, is pretty simple. No matter what we encounter in life, we need to center ourselves in Christ, and I think that as we unpack the scriptures this morning, we're going to see that this is what Christ did was center himself in God. And, and draw his source, his strength, his mission from God, and no matter what is going on in our lives, no matter how crazy things get, we need to continue to center ourselves in Christ and in him alone. I heard of a Sunday school class once that was looking for a new title, a new name for the, the class. It was a, a Sunday school class for parents of young preschoolers, and uh, they kicked around all sorts of several possibilities, including like a seekers class, searchers, learners, you know, kind of church buzz kind of words to try to figure out what to name themselves. And, and then uh, apparently somebody came up with one that uh, caught the attention of the others and uh, it kind of rose to the top. It was simple, simple. It was truthful, inclusive, and perhaps a bit playful as far as the title. The laminated sign hung on the door outside and it simply said, tired parents class and it kind of said it all though change is constant in our world it seems as if change is coming at us at an even greater velocity parents grandparents married single actively employed retired we're all tired so many people appear tired and speak of being tired. And often it feels like sometimes we're not living the lives that we have, rather that we're just dealing with life as it comes at us. And that's that's unsettling. It's it's uncomfortable to always be reactive to what's going on. We, uh, I think we wanna set the agenda for ourselves and, and we wanna have an idea of where we're going and what's gonna happen and and where we're taking things. And, and yet we end up just being reactive over and over again, and I mean, and this plays itself out in a myriad of ways in our lives, right? Uh, we uh, we got brand new cell phones right before we came over here. Well, they're already out of, co- they're not even servicing the cell phone anymore. Two and a half years later, it's like three models old, and I've already been told that they're not going to provide me any updates or anything for it anymore. So the technology is out of date, and and it seems like decisions that I make might be as expired as a, as a carton of milk that's already three weeks old. I mean, the, the the pace that things are changing and evolving are just so great. And and of course, we all know the evening news is no help at all. I mean, we, we can feel uh, a fear the minute we turn on the news. There's a new strain of, of COVID-19 that's going to affect us uh, from this direction and that one. And the rise and fall, of course, of Of markets, stock markets, the spread of genocide, war, insurrection, governments being overthrown, rumors of war from all corners of the earth. And if you were to really slow down and ask someone, if they were to take the time to actually answer you honestly, uh, how are you doing? I think one of the words we might hear over and over is overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. It's like we're not so much living our lives as much as life is coming at us, sometimes too fast for us to handle. And it, it seems contradictory. How could life be coming at us too fast when we're in a lockdown, right? But yet there, there, there's this tension between all that's happening and yet all that's not happening in our lives. And it's at this point where we intersect with Mark's gospel. It's kind of a day-in-the-life sort of story uh, of Jesus as the central figure. Within just a few verses, he bounces from need to need, from place to place. The diary of his day could not be more jam-packed, even if he were a politician giving stump speeches speeches from community to community. There's a high-profile synagogue situation that's followed by a, a personal encounter with a sick woman at her bedside that, is immediately followed by the private experience of prayer as Jesus steps aside for a time to be alone with God. But then the disciples interrupt him. Actually, the the word here means that the disciples hunted him down. And I'm sure some of you have actually felt that way by your employer, by your friends, by your children. Uh, If you try to get away for a quiet time, the disciples hunted him down. And then the cycle reboots itself all over again. It's a hectic itinerary. And maybe that's why it's also in the Bible. This triad of stories, one public, one private, one personal, each invites us to eavesdrop on Jesus's spirituality, how he lived, and the faith that he practiced among the demands of an overwhelming world. Maybe in the story, Mark's church saw their own story, as they tried to meet needs, as they tried to deal with various venues of ministry, while at the same time tend to their own spirituality, which had drawn them to Jesus in the first place, that that beautiful intersection of the holy and the human. And I think we can appreciate the tension here between this external and this internal, the choice between action oriented faith versus a contemplative one. There's all the do, 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 go, 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 and then there's the retreat and pray and, and get re-energized and, and and focus on that, that internal piece. And, um, and this tension, it involves both the, the, the horizontal relationships that we have, as well as, well as our, our vertical relationship with the Lord. There was a time in my own ministry uh, back, uh, uh, boy, a number of years ago, now already 10 years uh, plus, where... Uh, I served as a director of a vocational training school in Alaska. And it honestly is the longest job that I've held at any, for any one period of time. It was lasted six years. And by the end of that sixth year, I was so tired in terms of, of business uh, this ministry grew. It it was growing. It was, it was moving really, really fast. We uh, gained students. We, Gained buildings and property, and there was just so many things happening, and 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 by a lot of measures, it was a it was a successful growth period for the ministry. But I was tired, I was extremely tired, and I did not have a good board of directors. I did not have good support system coming around me, and what I really needed was a break. And what I did instead was resign and move on to another job, and. I later came to realize that there are so many pastors who actually resign their current positions when really what they need is a sabbatical. What they really need is a rest and a break. And it doesn't help to go back and and, and, and to to try to, uh, I can't hit the reset button on that particular time and and place in ministry, but it's helpful to see that maybe taking a break Spending more time in that contemplative, taking a sabbatical, um, could have actually propelled me further in that same ministry rather than trying to uh, start over and get a break as I switched between ministries. In fact, the study after study shows that that's exactly why pastors stay only about five to seven years. Switching jobs can sometimes be the only way they can get a break and hit the reset button themselves. The reality the truth is we need breaks. We need time to rest. We need time to contemplate and to reflect. And quite honestly, during this COVID period, this might be that for you. This might have been a a, a healthy time. I have been amazed. There are people that I've talked to who have found a a Sabbath rest, a break during COVID and and actually feel like this has been good for their soul. I felt that for some time, for sure. And I've kind of, it's been a cyclical thing where maybe that did feel good for a little bit. And then I get this restlessness again, to get outside and to get with people and to be around people and and to interact and to be at church with you. And and then that longing just grows and grows and it remains unsatisfied and it's hard. It's a tension because we want to have those horizontal relationships as well as nurture that vertical relationship. It's been said that action without contemplation is a ship without a ballast. It's a setup for sinking and disappointment. On the other hand, contemplation without action is inert. It needs interaction with the outer world to be fed and to feed. And this balance is so incredibly important, especially when it feels like life is coming at us at such a high rate, such a fast rate. And I see this balance in the text. I see this balance in Jesus' own ministry. And here are two takeaways that I want to name for us this morning. First, if you live your life as a caring person, there will be pressure and tough choices. This is the reality. It happened to Jesus. It's going to happen to you. We should not be surprised by it. Spiritual maturity is rarely applauded for too long. No matter what our situation is in life, employed, unemployed, retired, parenting, studying, married, or single, our daily routines can be an absolute grind sometimes. We are pushed and pulled in competing directions, answering to supervisors, to our supers, supervisors, supervisors, demanding children or demanding parents. We have all sorts of checklists to complete, assigned tasks, appointments to make, meetings to attend to, PowerPoints to prepare, emails to respond to, people to call, bills to pay. It's absolutely true and it can be extremely taxing and downright exhausting. For many, this is compounded by being a parent you not only have all those other things, but you have lunches to pack and uh, kids to entertain and to uh, shuffle off to this and that and so many other things. So between the work and the school activities and home management, life just continues to come at you. For some of us, is, this is the landscape. This is the terrain that hardly seems like it can be managed, but we have to manage it. And so that's our first point. If you are a person who cares, If you are living life as a caring person, because the other alternative is you're not a caring person, and then those things just really don't matter as much, right? But if you're going to live your life as a caring person, there will be pressure, and there will be tough choices to be made. Here's number two. Though we can't stop life from coming at us, we can attend to the life that is given us. And this means attending to our relationship with God. And I don't want to go off on too far of a a rabbit trail or a rant here, but I have sometimes struggled with the Apostle Paul and his words in 1 Corinthians when he says, I've become all things to all people that I might by uh, all means save some. And I affirm that this is an incredibly noble intention as well as a, a noble need, but taken wrongly, I think it could be a grandiose recipe for burnout. It sounds like a really a difficult task, insurmountable, if you would, to try to do so much like that. There is a, uh, a text that I think helps me perhaps ground myself a little bit more. And that's in the Hebrew scriptures uh, from Isaiah chapter 40. And I know this is going to be familiar to very many of you. Even youths will faint and be weary. Young will fall exhausted, but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I suspect that is what Jesus was up to when he sequestered himself in a deserted place to pray. Perhaps by tending to his prayer life, he found perspective above the fray. There was a time that that he was out ministering and and, and perhaps uh, really modeling what Paul was writing in in 1 Corinthians about being all things to all people. But he also was modeling for us what it looks like to sequester himself, to, to pull himself away from the fray, to take a knee, to take time, to focus on his most important relationship. He found perspective almost like the wings of an eagle, looking over the woes and the foes of life. The story ends with Jesus not following the advice of his wranglers, our, our gospel text this morning. They tracked him down, they hunted him down, and they said to him, hey, everyone's looking for you. And doesn't that sound like a magical hook? Oh, man, I mean, how many of us want to be important, right? I mean, we want to feel like, man, people need me. I've got to go do this. This is important. I'm. I, people value my input. They they, 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 they need me. They need me. And so you want to respond and you want to go and serve. But Jesus being grounded, being centered, if he had not been doing the praying that he had just been doing, I wonder if the allure of the pursuit or the price of fame could have done him in. But to his advisors, Jesus said, you know what, let's head in the other direction to nearby villages so that I can preach there as well. That's why I've come, he says. Now it sounds to me that is only the kind of clarity that can come out of one's deepest identity as they find their source and their sustenance in God alone. He knew his mission. He knew how to stay on the task that the Father had given to him and had sent him to accomplish. There were so many other things circling all around him that could have pulled him in different directions. But Jesus chose to stay on task, to stay on the mission the Father had given him. And so that's point number two again. Though we cannot stop life from coming at us, we can attend to the life that's given us. And that means attending most, first and foremost to our relationship with God it's going to drive our horizontal relationships as we focus on our vertical one. So when life comes at you this week, no matter what that's gonna entail, as I look out and the wind is blowing, snow is building up, um, we, we didn't expect this in the Netherlands, we, we loved this in Alaska, this was pretty normal. So it's, it's kind of fun to see this again. But no matter what comes at you at life this week, ready yourself. Hopefully, hopefully today, right now, this, this has been a respite from the grind. You've paused, you've pondered, you've prayed. Perhaps you're, you come this morning to worship as a tired parent, a a tired employee, maybe a tired chaplain, or a tired retiree. And yes, you've had to make tough choices. But you've also had tough faith. Even before this week begins, you found a good place to remember that your life is now grounded in the goodness of God. Continue to seek your refuge in him and pull away from the fray before you lose your perspective. Make time to contemplate, to rest and to pray, and never neglect taking that time to pray. Let's pray together. All loving God, we give thanks that whatever awaits us this week, you will meet us there. And that is all we need. You are all that we need. In the name of the one who came to dwell among us, we pray. Amen. Amen.